Hello, the internet. The following story takes place in the 26th century, seven or eight hundred years after the events of the short story Malachi's Gambit in my first short story anthology, and about 1300 years before the events of The Final Fall of Man. It is centered around a Blaren thief and escape artist who would one day become a criminal folk hero named Grendel's Grief. Part 15. From Aquilar back to the coordinates of the feverish grey butter was a veritable menu in code form, albeit a not particularly appetising one. It made him smile as he entered the lines, thinking of sprinkles and her funny disgusted exclamations. Three plump cakes of golden dust, a plate laden with exotic meats and spoiled berries, steaming broth of blood and oil, delivered to the hungry and the replete in equal measure. The Adluminal's odd eyeball still floated in the dark, like the physical embodiment of staring into the void, and Terry answered Grief's whisper promptly. So, you're back. How was X-Wig's town? I brought you back a basket of phlegm fruit, Grief replied. You shouldn't have, Terry said. Did you bring anything else? There were complications. Complications of what nature? Terry asked. Complications of a the dreamer wanted my help in murdering a litter of Akidrednath pups' nature, Grief said. Murdering what? You heard me, Grief said bleakly. The Dreamer had apparently been involved in some sort of psychic stonkery in the Aqualar system. This much you already know. Right? She got out of it, but apparently it was still going on, Grief explained. In return for her information, she wanted me to help her employer, apparently an Aki Dreadnath, or at least some kind of between-incarnations consciousness that might have been an Aki Dreadnath if she'd had a chance. Dreadnath, Terry said, in fascinated tones. Did you speak with her? No, Grief said, only with the Dreamer. The litter being born was apparently a bunch of ne'er-do-wells involved in the ongoing project, and our Dreadnought friend of a friend wanted them all returned to the psychic plane, lest any one of them cause more trouble. What our Dreadnought friend of a friend's stake in this was, or whether she or the Dreamer was even telling the truth, I have no idea. And by return to the psychic plane, we mean killed while still puppies, Terry said. That was not a situation I expected you to be put in, friend of the Barney Loops. The Adluminal paused on the heels of this carefully non-committal apology. What did you do? I did what I was called on to do, Grief said. I found a way into the Akidrednath crash, opened the doors for the Dreamer's assassin, and hid us from the Chrysanthemum security in the synth. Old Maggie, Terry said with muted fondness. And? Grief shrugged. And the assassin killed nine of the eleven, he said. One had already been killed by her sisters. Frankly, we could have sat in our habitat another couple of weeks and just waited until there was only one or two left. At that point, I imagine security and scrutiny would have increased again, Terry mused. So what about lucky number 11? She somehow slipped the net, Grief said. Hopped a ship to Azimandus where she was picked up by a couple of full-grown Ackies. Resourceful kid. Not bad for less than a week old, Grief agreed. Of course, I was blamed for the assassin's failure, he concluded. And the only data the Dreamer wanted to share with me after that was the sort that would kill my nav system or vent out my air. 
You're lucky they didn't just tell Maggie that you were the killer, Terry noted. The synth might run the chrysanthemum, but the authorities are still Draki lunatics, Grieve said. If I got caught, the rest of the conspiracy would have been blown wide open and next week's town would have been cleansed, and the humans would have declared holy war on Wapaska. I'd pay to see that. I couldn't have given away that much anyway, really, since I don't have a damn clue, Grief remarked. Like I told you, Aquilar is one snake's hive I don't like poking. I don't think snakes have hives, Grief chuckled. Haven't been to Aquilar for a while, I take it. Absolutely not. I like to send hapless stooges in to do my dirty work for me. Well, I'm afraid this hapless stooge didn't get the information you were looking for, Grief said. He drifted close enough to the feverish grey butter that he could see the swirling green light of its iris clearly in his viewscreens, and the angular shapes of Terry's components revolving slowly in the pupil. Although I did get a parting message from the Ackies. Oh? The surviving pup apparently left a message on the ship she got away in, Grief said, and tapped a couple of commands to send the text, and some images and scans of the same, across to the butter. It might have been his imagination, but he thought the swirling adluminal light slowed momentarily as Terry took the information in. Grew it directly into a patch of frost while it was forming. Apparently. Apparently, Terry echoed. I didn't know what to make of it, Grief said, but if my time in Town has shown me anything, it's that I'm nowhere near as fanatical a follower of all things Aki Dreadnought as some people are. At the very least, I'd say it casts some doubt over the idea that the Dreamer and her principal were acting against the fleet's secret meddling in Aquilar. But any other significance is lost on me. These names, Terry said. Myconet, Malison, the Terrible Father Fire. You're sure of them? As sure as I could be from the images you're also seeing, Grief said. Zid doesn't leave much room for interpretation. And she grew it, telekinetically, in the ice, Terry pressed. You saw her do it. The adluminal paused. Apparently. All I've got is the pictures, Grief said firmly. Well, that isn't exactly what we were looking for, Terry said after a long pause. But this, let's understate and say it's interesting. Plus, I could use a little diversion and the po-chain of fun. You'll help me? I'll help you, Terry said. To be completely honest, if you really do have some X-Week phlegm for it, they'd welcome you with open arms. They're involved in the refining and perfume trade. But from what you said, it wasn't so much the getting in as the not being identified that was the issue. Right. Right, Terry said. So, not to tell you how to do your job, but what I would suggest is that Grendel's Grief visits the Po-Chain on a friendly trade mission, maybe cases the place a little, then leaves without rousing suspicion. The adluminal nomad vessel Feverish Grey Butter can then show up shortly afterwards and maybe cause a diplomatic incident without it being linked back to Grendel's Grief. You can tell me how to do my job any time you like, Grief said with pleasure. I was thinking almost exactly the same thing. Did I get the thieving lingo right? You did. Nice, Terror and Shattered Dreams said happily. Podcasting service provided by Anchor. Introductory music provided by Anchor. It was called House of Grendel, so I had to use it. You can find all of my books on Amazon under the name Andrew Hindle.
and you can find the blog that this whole podcast came from at www.hatboy.blog. Original music composed by Oliver St. John, with a little bit of help from various Strausses. That's it. That's the credits.